Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors. Uh, would you say this with me? Uh, yet in all things, in all these things, somebody say in all these things, we are more than what? Uh, conquerors through him that loved us. Let's, say that, let's repeat that again. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him th uh, who loved us. How many of you know that God's not a joker? And whatever he places in his word for us, uh, he means it, right? So that should be a reality for us. Uh, but unfortunately for a lot of people, uh, I'm talking about believers, this is not a reality, but it should be a reality. And the reason it's not a reality is because uh, they have not learned to use the weapons of our warfare. How many of you know that the moment you become a believer, whether you like it or not, you're in a war, right? And we are to, uh, that war has really been already been won for us by Jesus, but uh, we have to now win that in our personal lives. And that means every aspect of our lives in your body, your money, your family, your marriage, your career, your destiny, your future, everything. We have to win. Praise God. So we're more than conquerors, right? Praise the Lord. So I'm going to give you four scriptures tonight. And let's begin uh, uh, with 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, unless... We use the weapons of our warfare. Say this with me. Weapons of our warfare. Unless we use the weapons of our warfare, we're not going to be more than conquerors. So the first scripture is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, let's read uh, verse 3, uh, 4, and 5. And this is what he says. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now let's read those three verses one more time. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're what? Mighty. Somebody say mighty. Through, the, uh, through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 now. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse, beginning with verse 10. And, he's, and Paul says, Finally, my brethren, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Everybody get that? We're not to be strong in us. We're to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, I notice this, in heavenly places. And then he says, because we're fighting against these spiritual wickedness uh, all around us, wherefore, take unto you how much of the armor? You take on the whole armor. Everybody say the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation in the sword of the Spirit, uh, which is the Word of God. Now, I want you to re uh, repeat this with me out loud. And take the what? The helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Spirit. Somebody say, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In other words, if you don't take it, God's not going to force it on you. You have to take it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication with all the saints. So that's two scriptures I've given you. Now let's go to Revelation. And we'll go to Revelation chapter 12. And uh, what, what we're about to read here uh, is a declaration by an angel. But we know that angels can't just uh, declare things independent from God. So God is declaring this for us and all believers, all right? So beginning with verse 7, and he says, And there was a war where? In heaven. Somebody said there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation, strength, and kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ in, for the accuser of our brethren, our brethren is cast down, which accuses them before God day and night. Now, verse 11, we're going to stand up and we're going to repeat this out loud, out loud a couple of times. Let's stand up and let's repeat this. And they overcame him. Somebody say, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved and they uh, did not love their lives unto death. Let's read that again. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives uh, to the death. One more time. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives uh, 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 to the death. Praise God. Okay, you may be seated. Uh, uh, before uh, we cover these scriptures and we're going to tie them together, let me say this to you tonight. I don't know if you're serious, but you have to be really be serious. What I'm going to share with you tonight, you have to be really, really serious about overcoming in your life. Now, how many of you know that God didn't make us a revolving door, right? Uh, 
I mean, just going circles and circles. And it's the same old junk. Uh, every, year after year, you're no better off than you were last year. No, our lives should get better. Somebody said they should get better. And the Bible describes us as from glory to glory, from faith to faith, right? So in other words, next month, you got to be better than this month. And this year, you got to be better than last year. Every year, you start increasing. So God says that because we're children, we are what? Heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So what I'm going to be sharing with you today and Sunday morning should revolutionize your life forever, okay? So, but you have to be serious that you want to overcome. Now, I don't know if you've ever been desperate, right? Ever been desperate to get the victory? Uh, when I came out of Vietnam, I don't know if you know anything about going to war or if any of you have been there, but it's a horrible place. Now, uh, you've probably gone to a shooting range where you shot a rifle or a gun. So I have all kinds of, you know, pistols and rifles, you know. Uh, and I go sometimes to the shooting range that's close to my house. But it's one thing to be shooting and then get shot at, right? That's, it's a little different. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a strange place to be at. So uh, after I came out of Vietnam and went and then went to the university, I was desperate for answers. And, and people, and I had people come to me and said, uh, you need to read the Bible. I said, no, I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need no religious book and I don't need religious people. Man, that's not what I'm looking for because my idea and concept of Christian was they're a bunch of weaklings. And as a matter of fact, most of them are. You see, uh, but God wants to raise up warriors, right? So most, uh, most families, most, uh, most men today are not men. So by default, their wife uh, is deciding everything. He asked her, he said, what are we going to do? He said, you know, so instead of him being a man. So today we're living in, in a time where men are not men and women are not women and uh, it's it just is strange. And then there's cross dressers, you know. So I mean, it's weird, you know. Men want to be women, and women want to be men, and some don't know what they want to be. So uh, it's a weird thing. But you have to be serious. You have to be serious. What I'm going to share with you tonight. You got to be serious that you want the victory in your life. You got to say, man, I want it more than anything. Well, I'm going to show you how to get that. And what I'm sharing with you is not theory. It's worked in my life. And uh, in my little short life of uh, here pretty soon, 71 years, 71 years, it's been a good life. And I expect uh, for another 30 or 40 years to live real good until it's all over. And then I'll continue to live throughout eternity, right? So the Bible says, uh, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. So there are three key verses, I mean three key words in this scripture. Number one, uh, it's, it's uh, testimony, all right? The word and the blood. Somebody say testimony, the word and the blood. So uh, 
a lot of people, uh, you know, you talk among uh, Christians, you know, they say the blood of Jesus. You know, they use these phrases. Uh, they picked it up from somebody say, hey, that guy is using the, uh, the blood, the blood, the blood. But a lot of Christians don't know what that means. You see, they don't know what that means. So uh, this passage describes what's going to happen in the future because the Bible says that there's... Uh, Satan is going to be cast down to heaven. That's a future event. He's still in the heavenlies. We just read Ephesians chapter 6, where we war against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, and then spiritual wickedness where? In heavenly places. Say this with me, in heavenly places. So the devil's still up there in heavenly places. I'm not talking in heaven, but in heavenly places. So the time is coming. He's going to get his butt kicked out of that place, but he's going to come down to earth, all right? So the Bible is describing a people, uh, how they're going to overcome him and how we can overcome him too right today. Can you say amen? So this is a statement made by an angel or angels about believers, all right? So what does this great statement mean? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. So it means this, and I want you to catch this now because this is very important because you've got to be serious about overcoming in your life. You don't want the same old junk. You don't want to be a revolving door. You don't want to get stuck in a in plateau. You say, brother, I've been in this plateau for months and years. But that's not God. God wants you to... Uh, ever-increasing faith and ever-increasing life. Does everybody get that? So what does this statement mean? It means this. Listen real carefully. It means to testify personally. Somebody say testify personally. Uh, to what the Word says, what the blood does for you. Did you get that? So this, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death means this, that it means that you're going to testify you, not somebody else, not your neighbor, not the pastor. You will testify personally to what the word says. Somebody said to what the word says, uh, what the blood uh, uh, of Christ does for you. So you have to say it personally. That's your personal testimony of what the Word says. Somebody say what the Word says. It's not what we say, it's what the Word says. And the devil's not interested in what you say. He's interested and he fears what the Word of God says. So you testify personally to what the Word says the blood does for you. Did you get that? Okay? All right. So this is how to overcome the devil. Okay? It's by the blood and the word of your testimony. So there's three key words here. It's testimony, it's the word, and it's the blood. Now, to, to make it effective, listen to me real carefully. To make this effective, it has to, you have to make it personal because it's your own life. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. It's got to be a personal thing. Now, to whom are we testifying? Now, you've heard of Christians who said, okay, let's testify. Let me share your testimony. We're not talking about that. We're talking about testifying, and it is directed to the devil himself. Are you hearing me? So it's got to be 
uh, a personal testimony. You must make it personal, and you have to direct it to the devil. Any aspect of your life where you're having trouble in your life, you have to direct this to the devil, all right? So uh, this is when you come face to face with the enemy, the enemy of your soul, and we speak directly to him in the name of the Lord, and we tell him what the Word says. Did you hear me? We tell him what the Word says. We tell him what the Word says, uh, and that the blood of Jesus and what the blood of Jesus does for us. That's so important. They overcame him by the what? By the blood of the Lamb. Say this with me. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You see, the devil knows that. Now you have to make it personal and you have to testify to the devil and, and tell him what the word says, uh, what the blood does for you. It has to be personal. Did you, did you get that? So in order for us to do that, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto, unto death. In order for us to do that, we must know what the word says. Did you get that? you got to know what the Word says. This changed my life. Years ago when I found this, that I found out that this book was a manual. I said, it's a manual? Wow, man, this is what I've been looking for. When, when they came around and asked me, do you, do you read the Bible? I said, I don't read that. I'm not interested in no religious book. But when I found out it was a manual, I said, hey, that's what I need. I need a manual that will change my life. And I started reading it. And you don't read the Bible like this. Look, many, many more. Let's see what it says. Don't say Jack. You're not going to understand it. You got to read it from Genesis to Revelation and then uh, break it down in your life if you're really serious about uh, having victory in your life. Because the Bible gives us directions. The manual shows us what we should do for every area of our life. So in order for us to... Uh, put this scripture in reality. Somebody say Revelation 12:11. I don't want you to forget this. Say Revelation 12:11. And they overcame him, right? They overcame him. That's the only way you're going to overcome. So in order for us uh, to do that, we must know what the word says about the blood. You got to know what it says about the blood. If we don't know what the word says, we cannot exercise this great weapon. That God has given us. It is a powerful weapon. You understand that? Man, it shakes the devil up in the kingdom of darkness. You start having uh, victory in your home, your finances, in every area. You have the devil pestering you. Uh, he can, he'll pester you until you get a hold of this weapon. So as long as you remain ignorant, or as long as we remain ignorant of the word of God, ultimately, listen to me real carefully, You'll become a victim. How many Christians are victims? The, most, the majority of them are victims. They're not, we are more than conquerors. No, they're victims. And the reason is that they remain ignorant. The devil says, that's what I want these Christians to be. I want them to be ignorant so I can get over on them. They're going to be a prey to me. They're going to be victims, and I'm going to do them in. But the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, 17... Remember this scripture we just read? The Bible says, uh, and take, somebody said take. Take the helmet 
In other words, it's not going to be handed to you. You got to take it. When we're in Vietnam, you, you suit up. As a matter of fact, you hardly ever take that steel pot from your head. It's always there because a bullet might fly and might hit you, right? So you carry all your armor all the time. You said, take the helmet of salvation, and you take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You have to take it. He said, well, I wish somebody would just give it to me. No, that's not the way it works. You've got to take the Word. Can you say amen? You take the Word of God because, you see, I'm showing you how to get this thing to work. Revelation 12, 11 for you. You have to take the Word of God. You gotta, you gotta be serious. You gotta be. A, I'm speaking to you, men. You men have to be men, and you women have to be women, right? Put on your pants, man, and let's get to business. Let's get have. Let's start having victory. This is what I did with my family. I was. I said when I found this out, I already was disciplined. I said I take authority over this family. I'm the. I'm the head of this family. I'm gonna guide my wife. I'm going to love her and guide my children. I'm the boss here. I'm going to take authority. And I'm their covering. Uh, that don't mean I'm going to abuse my wife or take advantage of her. No, never. I'm going to love her, but I'm going to put on my man's pants on. I'm going to take the word of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Revelation 12, 11 because we're coming to a good point here. In Revelation 12, 11, uh, it says this. And they overcame him. Say it again with me. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the what? And by the word of their testimony. Now, we're getting to a good point here now. And they did not love their lives to, uh, to the death. Right? So, this scripture is also adding this. Listen to me real carefully. He, he, he's adding what kind of people are going to overcome? These are the people, we can describe it in one word, they're committed. Are you hearing me? These are committed people. If you're not committed, you cannot use Revelation 12, 11. If you did it, the devil knows what's behind that, and he'll stop you, and you become a victim. Are you hearing me? Now, the... Uh, they love not their lives. Listen to me real carefully. They love not their lives means staying alive is not their number one priority. Did you get that? That's not your top number top priority. Your number one priority as a Christian. I gotta stay alive. No, uh, uh. Your your top priority is to do the will of God, and to be faithful to God. Whether you stay, whether you live or die. You're going to do the will of God. Can you say amen? When you get up in the morning, you say, whether I live or die, I'm going to serve God. That's the person the devil is afraid of when you get up in the morning. But if he knows that you don't have anything and you're, and you're, commit, you're not even committed, he's, you're, it's over for you. You can go ahead and recite scripture and the devil will say, shut up. Shut up and sit down because I know that you don't, you're not even committed. But when you get up in the morning... And you say, whether I live or die, I'm going to serve God. Are you hearing me? Man, this will change things. This is the kind of Christian that uh, is not found today, but it should be. And this is the ones, these are the kind of Christians we need to raise up. Can you say amen? So their number one priority is not staying alive. 
Staying alive was not the most important thing for them. The most important is to be faithful to the Lord and to do His will. Can you say amen? Whether you live or die, you're going to be faithful. Now, when I went in the army, I was drafted during those days. And uh, once you come in there, you, they tell you, okay, you've got to swear in now. So, I, I mean, I just swore in. And uh, after I swore in, drill sergeant said, uh, in so many words, he said, now you belong to the government. Uh, he said, uh, you're uh, government issue now. You belong, you, belong to, <clears throat> you belong to us. So uh, give your life to God because now you belong to us. And when I got in and we were going through basic training, they didn't give us little certificates. And the little certificate is this. Uh, this is a little certificate that we're going to guarantee that you won't have to give your life. They don't give you no certificates like that. Uh, you've read in the Bible that we're soldiers. Didn't Paul say that? Say this with me. We are soldiers. Say it again. We are soldiers. Uh, a soldier means that you might have to give your life. And American Christians don't even realize that. But we say, we are soldiers. So they don't even know what that means. Soldier means that you... Uh, must get to the place so you, you have to understand that you might have to give your life to God. So they didn't give us a certificate when we, when we were in the army. It says, uh, here it is. We guarantee that you will not give your life. On the contrary, during the Vietnam War and during our training, they would tell us over and over and over again, many of you are going to die in Vietnam. So you better listen up. So many died. So do you understand that it's the same true in the Lord's army? There's no guarantee. God promises that you'll be blessed. God promises you'll have a long life. He'll promise you that you can live healthy, and you can prosper, but he does not guarantee that you won't have to give your life. You might have to give your life. So these people in Revelation 12, 11, the reason it works for them, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony because they loved not their lives unto death. In other words, they said, our number pro one number one priority is not whether we stay alive, but whether we live or die, we're going to serve God. We're going to be faithful. Can you say amen? That will scare the devil out of the devil. <laughs> you understand that? I mean, the devil will be gone, man. When, he, when you get up, he said, live or die, I'm committed to Jesus, man, from here on out. But a lot of people are trying to preserve their lives. They're, you're not worth anything like that. Everybody understand that. So uh, we have to understand that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Now, I'm, we're going to go to a scripture in Exodus so that you'll understand Revelation 12, 11. And how we can apply the blood of Jesus. And we're going to go to Exodus chapter 12. Um, uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 21 uh, to 23. And this is the Passover chapter. Somebody say the Passover. Uh, you know, we see it as Easter, right? Easter. 
But, you know, uh, that's not really correct. It's the Passover, okay? So this is the Passover chapter. And here, listen to me real carefully before we read it. It describes the ordinances of the Passover as ordained by Moses to Israel when they were in Egypt, okay? It describes the ordinance of the Passover. What you should do during every Passover celebration, if we'll understand this, we'll understand Revelation 12, 11, and then we're going to use the blood and we're going to kick the devil right out of our lives. Can you say amen? That's right. So now here it is. Then Moses called for all the who? All the elders of Israel and said unto them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of what? Hyssop. Somebody say hyssop. And dip it how? You dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel. You know what a lintel is, right? It's the overhead of your door frame. He said you will strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. Somebody say that's in the basin. And none of you, listen real carefully, these are the instructions, and none of you shall go out at the door or out of the house until the morning. Hmm. Verse 23. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel, and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over. That's what Passover means. He's going to pass over. He'll pass over the house. He said, the blood is there. And it wasn't God. It was the destroyer. God permitted the destroyer to kill every firstborn of Egypt. All right? He said, but when he sees the blood, he's going to pass over. Wow. And he said, and he will not suffer the destroyer to come in into your houses to smite you or to destroy you. All righty? That's very, very important. So uh, that scripture, uh, the Bible describes it as a Passover because the Lord is passing over because uh, that house or that door or that house is protected by the blood. Somebody says it's protected by the blood. Now, we have to consider what they had to do. The father. Somebody say the father. The father of each home. Now, how many of you have heard of delinquent kids? Delinquent children. There's no such thing. The problem is not delinquent children. It's delinquent fathers. That's it. Say, what's the problem with all these crazy kids? Well, it's crazy parents, right? Delinquent, AWOL parents, AWOL dads. They don't have the guts to stand up and put a, and put a little spanking on those kids and straighten them out and make them walk straight for their good. Can you say amen? So the father had to choose a lamb. Everybody get that? The father, not the woman, not the children. The father, he chose the lamb. Uh, the appropriate size for the family. If there's 10, got to get you a bigger lamb. If there's four in a family, get a smaller lamb. But the father chose the lamb. 
And then the lamb was sacrificed, and the blood was caught in a basin. Somebody say it was caught in a basin. I don't know, uh, my family lived on lamb. We lived on lamb. There's generations of this. And uh, we didn't go to the grocery store and buy meat every, uh, very, uh, very seldom. We, we killed lambs. Most of it was lambs. Now, I don't know if you've ever been where a, a lamb was sacrificed. You ever, you ever seen that? It's, it's really sad. Lambs don't make any noise. And then when you put the blade and start cutting their throat, they just don't make any noise. And then the blood is drained. So the instruction was they were to catch every drop of blood in the basin. Did you get that? Because the blood was very, very, uh, very, very precious. Not one drop fell on the ground. The lamb was slain, was sacrificed, and the blood was caught in the basin. Uh, but the blood in the basin, listen to me real carefully. The, the blood in the basin, somebody said the blood in the basin did not protect anybody. It didn't protect anybody. It was, be, it was required a transfer, the blood from the basin to the lintel and the side post. If they just collected the blood in the basin, didn't transfer it to the door, then there is no protection for no one. Did everybody get that? In other words, the entire destiny of that family in Israel depended on getting the blood transferred uh, from the basin to the door. Did everybody get that? So how did they do that? They took hyssop. This was a common plant, and it is a common plant in that area, the Middle East. They took hyssop, a bunch of hyssop, uh, and, they, and they would wet that uh, in the blood, and then they would sprinkle it on the lintel and the side post, but not on the threshold. The threshold means the entrance. You could not walk over the blood. Did everybody get that? So, what comes before sprinkling? Obedience. Did everybody get that? Blood is not sprinkled on, uh, sprinkled on disobedient people. It does not help anyone if they're not going to obey, and they were to remain inside the house. Anybody that walked out of the house is dead. You got to stay within, inside. Once that blood is applied, nobody leaves the house nobody so it is true for us as long as we're inside protected by the blood we are protected can you say amen hallelujah so how do we appropriate the blood of Jesus how do we get the full effect of the blood of Jesus working in our lives well uh, back again to the ceremony they had to take the blood uh, in the basin and had to be transferred to the door, all right? So it, the, it had to be slain. And how many of you know that uh, all this is a way of, of, because there are types and shadows, is really speaking about the Lamb of God. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, he says that Jesus is our Passover. 
Somebody say, Jesus is our Passover. That's 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Jesus is our Passover. Praise God. Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you are truly unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed uh, for us. How many of you know that Jesus was already sacrificed? In other words, he was sacrificed. We can use these words. It's in the basin now. But though Jesus was sacrificed, it will not help you. If you don't get the blood from the basin, and, you don't, and if it's not applied to your life, it's not going to work for you. Does everybody understand that? So uh, the question is, how do we get the blood of Jesus from the basin to the place where we live? How do we do that? Uh, that's what we need to find out. How do we get it to your business? How do you get it to your home? How do you get it to your house? How do you get it over your car? How do you get it uh, over your body? How do you get it to your children? How do you get it over your money? How do you get it over your destiny? How do you get it over all aspects of your life? How do you do that? Well, God has provided a means to do that. In, in the, the ceremony of the Passover, it was the hyssop. Somebody say hyssop. They took the hyssop. Uh, it was this weed or this plant, and they, they wet that in the blood, and they took it and they sprinkled it on the door. Our hyssop is our testimony. Did you get that? That is our hyssop. That is the way you transfer what Jesus did and, put, and apply it to your life. It is our testimony. It is by our testimony that we transfer the blood from the basin uh, to the place where we live. That's the way you do it. Jesus already died. Why isn't this happening? Why aren't Christians applying the blood and having victory over their life? They overcame him. Now, this is God's testimony. He said, this is the way to overcome. Take the blood of my son. Take the blood. They overcame him. You can overcome the devil in the kingdom of darkness. Uh, you overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives even uh, to the death. Can you say Amen? So it is by your testimony. Listen real carefully. It is by your testimony that the blood is 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 uh, transferred. So in the Passover. They sacrificed the lamb and they caught every drop in a basin. And then the father would take hyssop and he would wet it, wet it with blood and take it to the door. Boom. And spray it on the, blood, on the door because the destroyer was going to come. Everybody get that? And it had to be sprinkled. So we have to do the same thing. So listen to me real carefully because remember what this, uh, what this uh, Revelation 12, 11 meant? It means to testify personally. You have to testify. You have to testify personally to what the Word says, 
what the blood of Jesus does for you. It's a personal thing. Every home in Israel had to apply the blood. And you have to apply the blood. And you have to personally testify to the devil what the Word says the blood does for you. Did everybody get that? Then the protection and all the rights, all the legal rights of the blood of Jesus is over you and everything that belongs to you. Praise God. If we don't use the hyssop, our testimony, we do not testify, our lips are sealed from speaking out boldly what the Word says, uh, what the blood does to us, then the blood, of God, uh, the blood of Jesus is in vain. It don't mean anything. There's no way to overcome the enemy except by the blood of the Lamb. It's a powerful weapon. It's a powerful weapon. Can you say amen? So do you understand now why the devil will fight you for your testimony and to keep your mouth sealed, your lips sealed, to keep you... Uh, you with your mouth sealed, never declaring the word of God, but he'll have you to declare in every other negative thing. Everybody get that? So this, uh, the devil, uh, once you apply the blood by your testimony, say, I applied the blood. Say this with me. I applied the blood by, uh, by my testimony, by the words, uh, by the word coming out of my mouth. Then Satan cannot pass through the blood. He cannot. He cannot. And you have to start applying the blood of Jesus over everything you own because the devil's coming for it, guaranteed. Because Jesus described the devil this way. He said, the, the thief cometh not but to what? Steal, kill, destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus relieved Re, uh, re, reveal the objective of the devil. He's coming, man. He does. He don't care. He said, I'm a Christian. He said, oh, who cares? I'm coming for everybody. And the destroyer was going to come to Israel and destroy everybody in Israel too. They were the children of God. And, Jesus, and, and the instructions and the ordinances, you've got to take the blood and you have to sprinkle it on the lintel and on the side post. Because when he comes, the devil don't distinguish between Israeli or Egyptian. He's just coming and he's looking for the blood. And when the blood is there, he passes over. He cannot cross the bloodline. Did everybody get that? He cannot cross the bloodline. The blood's got to be there. And if the blood's not on you, he'll take you down. He'll destroy your life. He'll destroy your marriage, your children, your money, everything. He'll destroy it. And you'll be a revolving Christian all the days of your life. So we have to now take time to consider what the Word says the blood, of, uh, the blood does for us. So I cannot give you all these tonight. I'm only going to give you two more scriptures. Uh, but there's many what the blood of Jesus does for us. So Revelation 12, 11 is you testifying personally what the word of God, uh, what, uh, what the word says 
what the blood of, uh, of uh, what the blood does for you. That's what Revelation 12, uh, 11 says. All right. And that's what it means. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. It, it requires that you be totally sold out if you're going to beat the devil. Because when you engage him in life, he's going to say, I'm going to see what kind of man this guy is. I'm going to see if I can first blow, I'll give him, see if you'll chicken out. See if he's uh, first bullet I sent on, his, on to him. See if I can fold him. And a lot of people listen to him, all kinds of excuses for not serving God. Are they committed? I ask people, they have long lists, man. Oh, it's my children. I can't serve God. Oh, it's this, it's that. They make all kinds of excuses. Those people are not even close to Revelation 12, 11. These people love not their lives and today they're totally sold out. Their number one priority is not to live. Their number one priority is to serve God. And that's why when the devil comes, the devil knows they, they're that committed, and he's gone, man. He, he's afraid. When that person wakes up in the morning, he says, yeah. The devil says, what in the world, man? I'm out of here, right? Because he's afraid of that kind of person. Most of the Christians that wake up every morning, the devil says, hey, look at this flake, another snowflake. Uh, waking up this morning, I'll do him in. I'm already taking care of him all day already. He's nothing but a flag. He's not even committed. So uh, without the commitment, this thing is not going to work for you. Did everybody get, understand that? So once again, you testify personally to what the Word says, what the blood, of, uh, uh, the blood does for you. So we have to now take time to consider what the Word says that the blood does for us. Now notice Ephesians 1 7. This is a powerful scripture. And he says, Paul says, in whom we have redemption through the what? Hallelujah. We have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So on this one verse, two things the blood does for us in Christ. Number one. Remember in, in the Passover ceremony, you had to be inside the house. Somebody say inside the house. And this is what it does for you if you're inside the house. If you're not inside the house, it does nothing for you. You have to be inside the house. Inside the house. Inside the house. When you're inside, the blood is outside, you're protected. And this is what the blood of, of Jesus does. It redeems us. In other words, he pays, he, he bought you. And number two, you are forgiven. Wow. That's powerful. The blood has power. Let's go to Psalms 107 verse 2. And the word says, let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so. That's your hyssop. That's your testimony. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from how? 
from the hand of the enemy. So your testimony is directed to the devil. And you'll say, this is what the word of God says. The blood of Jesus does for me. I'm redeemed. I've been bought. He has redeemed me. So you better get your tail out of here. And I'm forgiven, devil. You see, there are so many scriptures on the blood. But if you're ignorant, you're a victim. I hate to put it so bluntly tonight, but that's the only way it's going to work. And it's not going to work for halfway Christians, half committed. It doesn't work. That's why most Christians say, it's not working. Well, it's not going to work unless you're totally committed to this. And if you're not committed, then you're not a soldier because a soldier in any army, especially U.S. Army, you must be willing every time you go out, this may be your last time you go out. That's it. And anybody who joins the army, if they say, well, I don't want to die, <laughs> you, you have to be willing to, to give your life. But you'll be blessed. Can you say amen? Praise God. And if you die, you're not dead. You're just, you're going to another level. Can you say amen? Praise God. Did any, did all of you understand what I shared with you tonight? Revelation 12, 11 is so powerful. Let's stand up. And let's believe God tonight, and let's apply the blood of Jesus. Would you, as you uh, stand, raise?